You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the one, the only, the birthday man, the freaking birthday man himself, Mr. Monster D-Face. What's going on, buddy? Dang, you making me feel old, brother. No, nah, hey. but uh, hey, hey, we're here, guys, for, for the listeners. I turned 27 on Saturday. Thank you guys for, for checking us out. Yeah, that ain't old, bro. You know, know, it's no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I feel good. We had a, we had a great birthday weekend. I mean, we had tons of Fortnite to cover and traveling and it was awesome. Man, I got to ask you though, getting, turning 27, as I approached 30, that was the scariest moment for me. Cause it was like, all right, I'm no, I feel like I'm no longer like the young guy, right? I'm no longer 30. I'm 34 now. So it's a few years ago, but is, is that haunting you? Is, is 30 in your vision yet? Or are you like, you're not even focused. You're just 27. It's, it's not haunting me, but it is funny. Like I called my grandma or whatever and, you know, she was wishing me a happy birthday and she was like, oh my God, you're closer to 30. And then I thought like, I like had flashbacks, right? Like I was like, dang, when I was like a kid or like a teen coming that 30 up. 30 was old. Yeah. Like, AF, these 30, I was, like these are adults. And then I feel like myself now and today, like I'm aware of my present. I'm like, yeah, like I'm a grown adult. Like this is life, right? Like we're doing a lot of things. <laughs> Responsibilities yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time high. Um, but like, no, I felt, it felt kind of cool and, and surreal and weird, but yeah, time goes on, man. Here we are. Yeah, it does. That's the worst part. Bills are the worst part for all of you Fortnite players <laughs> out there that are still getting to live at mom and daddy's house. Trust me. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Enjoy it. It's it's really nice to to have somebody pay your bills sometimes. So just enjoy it for now. Uh, but guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. If you were not, yes, we missed last week, but that was because I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the launch of the CDL, which is the Call of Duty League, and it was insane, monster. Absolutely yeah, I nuts. I mean, and, and I'm jealous. Let's put it out there. Troy got to spend some time with Gary V. So best believe he hit like a bucket list check mark off of my list. But man, that was awesome to see those posts you put you put up. I did. I did. I got to sit down with Gary Vaynerchuk. If you guys don't know who he is, go look him up. Uh, But uh, tons of success. I think he's worth one point or he's worth one hundred and sixty million dollars. So I think he's the most expensive man I've ever talked to in my life. Right. Like the (laughs) the most the most, you know, wealth wealthy person i've ever spoke to wealthy, in my entire life I was like, come on so, troy life is invaluable how yeah, dare no, no, you no. i don't know man maybe not with him I mean, <laughs> not with him maybe not i don't know i don't know all i know is i was captivated in the moment and uh it was it, dude it was really fun um just to be able to to speak with him and like encounter somebody that is that big and that passionate and still real like i walked in the room and he gave me a hug i've never met this man in my life and he gave me a hug as soon as i walked in the room so yeah it was really crazy if you guys want to go see some of that content go check out my twitter but enough of that we're here this week with a new show and monster you're keeping the trend going of these fire shows in 2020 and we're gonna keep it going right here with this man in the past year a little bit over a year but in the past year this man has come on the scene as one of the best vod review analysts in the fortnite community if you're a fan of fortnite you have definitely seen this man and you've probably had the privilege of watching him his casting career grow and we've seen him come on since you know the the, the fortnite world cup started we heard all the talk we saw him come on the scene and now he's one of the most sought-after Fortnite casters in the world. He's the host of Hotline FN and has over 33,000 followers on Twitch, 52,000 subs on YouTube, and counting the Fortnite World Cup caster and analyst, yours truly, Bala TW. What's going on, buddy? 
Yo, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate the kind words, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excited to have you here. It's been a long time coming. I've told you I've wanted to have you on the show. I know Monster's been hitting you up as well. So thank you so much for yep. taking the time to be here. You guys are slacking. It's been so long <laughs> since these conversations. <laughs> but hey, we're finally doing it. I'm excited because I, I respect this podcast a lot. I listen to it every week, um, especially when you guys bring on like awesome guests and stuff like that. But you guys hit everything and you're so consistent. So huge props to, to be able to do this. It's hey, awesome. man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So huge props to you for, for coming on the Fortnite scene and really making it out. I mean, why don't you tell everybody like how you got here real quick? Like, how did you end up at this spot being the man you are today? Um, so basically just started in terms of like really liking competitive Fortnite and people saying, Hey, Bali should stream. Um, but then also seeing like how fun it was to play comp. So I started playing and I was like, well, I don't really have the time to commit to being a, a pro player and I love doing like the analytical stuff behind the scenes. I've done that in every single game, not necessarily like analytics, but just like doing things that will help me improve and help my teammates improve. So I've been doing that forever in games like CSGO and games like Starcraft and stuff like that, just like helping my teammates improve. Um, so I decided that watching these competitive Fortnite events and stuff like that, that there was a huge need for you know, really good color casting, really good anal or analyticals uh, on the desk and stuff like that. So I hopped in and now I'm here. <laughs> it, uh, definitely. Monster, what do you think when you see, when you saw Bala coming on the scene, you knew about him. You actually had talked to me a little bit about him uh, when you saw him coming up. What, what was one of the surprising things about Bala that set him apart? Yeah. So like for me, when this kind of translates to myself and when I first started casting, getting into it, Dude, I was like, I came in like cold turkey. Like I didn't really have a good grip on esports or competitive and just all this kind of niche content in general. So I kind of had to learn the ropes the hard way. And lucky for me, I just had great mentors like Golden Boy and others in my corner um, that, that backed me. But when Bala hit the scene, like it was, it, he came in by storm, man. He was natural. He was charismatic. He, uh, he had good posture. Just like, he just started drilling all these kind of, you know, bullet points that I, I didn't start with. Um, so I knew like, oh man, this, this has been a, this is going to be a great addition. Not only that, he's passionate about the game and anything that, you know, he sets his, his mind and his focus on. So, um, all those things combination wise, he came in as a natural storm. And I mean, like he said, he, he could speak for himself on, um, you know, his passion for esports goes well and, and beyond Fortnite. Yeah. So by the time Fortnite came around, I feel like all those life experiences, he's just done, put them into, you know, put them into the plan of action, which was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, what would you say were some of the biggest struggles when you first came into the scene? Like Monster talks about kind of cold turkey learning. You as well kind of taking these new steps in your career. What were some of the tough things as you started to get involved in casting? Um, I think the biggest challenge was actually like working with the game itself um, in terms of like how to actually, you know, do a cast or do a production on something like that um, because the tools aren't there. Um, so you have to do things like cast over streams and stuff like that. So that's that's where I started. I, I there was these custom tests that were actual tournaments that Epic was running, and uh, I decided to try to do a production for it. But like it was hard. It's not something that anybody could just pick up and be like, yeah, let's let's just cast over this this tournament. No, it was like you literally had to focus on figuring out how to make it work with your PC, make it work in OVS, make it work so that you can actually observe a game, um, not just like a viewing party. We're just like switching between tabs and stuff like that because that's not really castable. Um, so. Yeah, that was probably the, the biggest challenge, but also like 
just figuring out how to cast Fortnite in general. A monster obviously has done a great job figuring it out over over time. Um, but like you go back and watch the first uh summer skirmish and stuff like that the casting was like super rough bro like (laughs) very very rough there was no like focus on you know how to how to create a story or no focus on um even the leaderboard like nobody was caring and doing the math and doing the the calculations on what the viewers want to care about which is who has a chance to win and who is going to win and stuff like that so yeah it was rough um that was the biggest hurdle because there was also that that huge stigma, like battle royales can't be competitive and they can't be watched. Right. And it's impossible. Even if they might be competitive, it's impossible to watch them. And I think that as casters, um, we finally have kind of broken through that that stigma. But that was something that we had to battle. I got to ask you, was there was there a crutch word? What was your thing? Uh, and people that lost oh, yeah. this podcast, they might know. Mine, mine's the word obviously. I have this bad, bad thing of saying the word obviously. So I, what, for you, what, what, what was, was yours? Too. Yeah, I think obviously it was one of mine. And I, but more than, more than like one crutch word, I think I said absolutely all the time, but like more than one crutch word, it was always about um, like when I would catch from other casters, when casters would like, like give me the, the reins to pick up, I would like acknowledge what they said rather than like just going into my own thing. Uh, and I still struggle with that a little bit, but I just slowed down. And it helps for crutch words, crutch words to just slow down and think about what you're about to say and let it like come out when it's ready rather than force it. Because when I was doing those solo casts, like it was just like, oh my good, poach is on high ground. Here it comes. Like it's just like fast paced, fast paced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just have to slow down. That was basically it. So, I, yeah, I, it was, I think it that's was a, catching from casters. You know, that's something we haven't ever, I don't think we've ever really talked about on this show. And we've talked about casting a bunch and, and, and that, but like, Going back to the fact, maybe you don't have to fill every second with a word. Like, oh, yeah. is this something you got? Both of you guys have learned as well. Like, you don't have to say something just for the fact of filling the space. Yeah, a hundred percent. Bala does this thing when we cast. You're talking about like mannerisms and things he likes to do. He 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 puts his hands out and he like bounces. Like, no, no, no. Let's let's wait. Let's wait. But uh, you know, you can, <laughs> you can feel the tension. Like, you know, uh, as casters, and these are just some of the fun things we learn about one another when we cast with each other. Uh, yeah, if you listen to any of our recent casts between Bala and I, we will totally sit on a tense moment and just like let the ambience of the Fortnite sounds kind of like you know engulf you for a little bit. And then try and bring you back in. Yeah. Um, we ride these tides as casters, and it's a lot of fun, especially when you know you're doing it right, and some, you just get this this uh, euphoric feeling, like, "Oh, yo, this is feeling good," you know. And you start really getting into it, and it allows you to ramp up. It's uh, it's an immersive experience, man. When you become, uh, you know, a caster, and you really get into it. What about for you, Baller? Is there is there like anything that you notice that other people do or you try to pick up maybe uh, from other people that you've incorporated oh, yeah. into your casting? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that letting lulls ride is something I picked up from Courage, right? Um, casted with him a couple of times at the, the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, he's pretty good. At it. Yeah, he's a pretty good caster. I mean, he's I'd pretty say. damn good at it. Like, <laughs> good. so good at the technical aspects of he casting is. that yeah. nobody really can. I mean, everybody notices, but nobody can really put their finger on it, right? Yeah. And I guess that's it's like a VOD review thing to me, for me to say. But like, when you watch Courage, there's things that he does where it just makes sense. Like, he will literally leave the most tense moments, and he's really good at finding them and picking them out. Um, but yeah, there's so many different things that I pick up from other casters, like even even to like direct mannerisms, like sundown, a lot of the hand motions that I have now when I'm 
podcasting with somebody next to next to me in real life. It's oh, actually on camera too, like uh, or online as well. Is hand signals like yeah. a fallout with somebody I picked that up from too? It's hand signals, like making sure that you know, hey, it's your turn to come in. Like let let's do that. Or yo, keep going, don't stop. Like I'm not going to come in here. This is all you. Um, these different hand signals are something I picked up too. That's you never awesome. see that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think it's cool because not a lot of people talk about like what happens because you kind of get in these grooves of like being a caster or doing your job. It could be like any job in life, right? And you you know these little nuances of like certain little things. I think it's cool to hear like what you guys share, what you guys go through every time you're uh, you're casting a game. What would you say, Bala, was been like? the thing that keep your head up, right? And I'm sure like you wanted to be involved in, in Fortnite. You wanted to be more involved in esports before your time came, before it happened. What was the thing for you? How did you keep your head up? How'd you keep going? And what would you say to people out there that are like, man, I want the opportunity. I want to keep going. What should I do? Uh, just basically all the support, man. It's literally crazy how supportive the community is for people that they uh, they want to, you know, see grow into something big um so i think of like play selling for example right now like the community is really really behind them uh all Antics community is really really behind them they want to see him at the at the big events and uh super happy for ozzy that he was able to do ao but like that community support is what drives people um and what what makes people feel like they can actually do it right um so i, I was fortunate enough that last year when i when i went full-time and i was like okay world cup's coming up like i want to be an analyst for world cup that was my goal a couple of people were starting the, the hashtag ball for world cup analysts and stuff like that. And that's what pushed me. That was like, okay, I think people really want this and then it happened. So uh, it was the community support. That's what, that's what pushed me to continue. And just, yeah, it's, it's just all the love and passion, passionate fans out there in the community. It's awesome. Man, what a crazy year. And I know for me and monster, it's been awesome watching you grow and, and, and do it. So, and I can't wait to see what you guys do this year in, in Fortnite. And speak of events, and 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 AO, we had a controller winner for the first freaking time. All right, so let's, let's jump right into this. <laughs> what is going on, Monster? Break it down for me. Give me a little oversight. Maybe some of the people out there didn't get AO, but let's lead it into a controller player one. Yeah, guys, the controller debate is at an all-time high. It's back on the radars. Um, no, the Australian Open was awesome. Just to give you guys a little rundown, if you did not get to catch it, I know it's at a weird time. You can catch up to it twitch.tv slash aus open so the australian open uh six games six solo games three in uh back to back 30 minute break and then another three back to back it was intense it was crazy it's our first competitive land we've had granted this was like basically a big glorified um invite only but they invited some really top tier talent um for if your favorite player wasn't invited, you got to understand you can't invite them all. But for the people that were invited and were a part of this, made this a very competitive, fun event to watch. Um, Brezzo takes first place for a hundred thousand dollars, fifty-two points, really blows out uh, everyone else uh, in the lead there, just through consistency. Uh, because he wasn't on the radar in the first half. Like honestly, he didn't get a lot of airtime. It wasn't until the second half where it's like, oh snap! How did this guy get first? We got to follow him now. Um, and then you saw his, uh, his victory lap that last game, he really got to crutch it and, uh, just kill, kill it, man, and bring it home. So the, the way it played out, it worked perfectly for Brezzo that he hit, he hit the radar and then he got to storm away and do his victory lap in the last game. <laughs> Bala, you, you, you watch a lot of games, not sure how much you got to catch in the middle of the night, but 
every whenever, single game. Everything. <laughs> whenever, whenever, well, you stayed up then with us as well. I was doing the same. Uh, so talk to me a little about like what you saw from Brezzo during that last game and maybe what you saw throughout the event that really paid tribute to, to his success in the event. Yeah, so um, Brezzo, I think people started realizing about game four, um, he was just positionally so good. Like every single time we would see him on camera, he was in zone on high, like on a good high ground position where he can actually look back and, and find some elims or find some tags for a storm surge. And literally every time we, we saw him on camera, it was a better position or just like slightly modified where it's just, it's just better. Like in game six, um, when we were, when we were basically saying, okay, Brezzo's the guy who could win this right now. Um, he's the guy who's in first place and he's by a couple of points too. The first time we saw him, he was on height in the middle of zone, just getting tags on a bunch of people, like really, really high up. And that was when I was like, okay, this is, this is basically over. Um, and it was only until I, it was only until game six, that I like really realized who Brezzo was. I don't think people under, or realized that, um, he was the guy at winter Royale who, who played on the console version um and won the most money out of anybody in winter royale because he played and got like first in pretty much every single oc cash wow. or, uh, yeah i didn't know that uh, yeah the wow. console cash cups basically so nuts man nuts clearly <laughs> ahead of the game right there <laughs> right <laughs> uh, 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 way ahead of it for sure talk to me a little bit monster about like solos why are the performances in solos sub-dominant and like what is it about solos that sets it apart from, you know, duos and trios and, and maybe some of the other uh, layouts that we've seen played out and formats played out in other tournaments? No, yeah, I think uh, so. Every format definitely, you know, makes for different interaction in PvP and the stakes are higher. And solos, the stakes are so high. You, you cannot afford to make a mistake. Um, it's you against the world more eyes on you, more variables for uh, error, right? And, and to get punished. Uh, if someone can perform and position themselves in solos, they're really, really good at the game, in my opinion. Um, it, it's one of the higher skill gaps because when you can lean off other players, there's a little bit more room for error. You have more mats to work with and stuff like that. And solos, you have to, you have to optimize, man. It, it, it's a tough game. I think the current state of Fortnite, it's a very linear game. Um, being with the, we, we speak about this uh, from the caster's perspective all the time. Uh, the mobility is tighter. So you, you just gotta be smarter, man. Brezzo, Brezzo just outshined everyone today, uh, consistency wise. And I mean, don't get me wrong. That last game could have went either which way, like Nyrox, symmetrical looter. We had a very, very close coming into the six. It's, it's intense for you guys. When you go back and watch it, you're going to see how close the numbers were. This was not like. Brezzo walked away with the tournament. I'm not trying to say that at all. He was just the most consistent. Like he killed it in the final game. It was really going to come down to whoever killed it in the final game because Nyrox was on a hot streak towards the tail end. And if Brezzo mm -hmm. wasn't on fire too, this would be Nyrox tournament or this would be Symmetrical tournament or Looters. Um, K-Quid did really well. It, it was that close. It was, it was a great tournament. Well, we... You mentioned Nyrox, and I want to I want to stop on him just a little bit because we saw him and Aqua perform to the highest level at the Fortnite World Cup. Step in here. Was this a, and they split up since then, right? Like, is this a little bit of like each one of them coming in here and trying to show off who they are individually? And was that important at all, Bala, for for Nyrox to come in and have this this you know performance oh, yeah. that he had? Yeah, absolutely was. Um, I think one of the the big things that Aussie was pushing um, whenever he would see Nyrox was that Nyrox hasn't really set him apart from 
um, his performance at World Cup. So a lot of people were thinking like Nyrox might be a one-time wonder. Um, and and those who are really following closely know that he's probably already on the verge of breaking out before this tournament. Like right. not breaking out, but like proving everybody wrong, shutting up the haters uh, because of his performance at DreamHack Sweden. But yeah, this was a this was a moment for him to tell everybody like, hey, I'm still here. I'm here to play. And I'm not just the guy who won World Cup because he played with Aqua, you know? I'm yep. not just the guy who played good in duos in a state of the game where, you know, it, it, there's a lot of mobility and you played a lot differently. I can, I can hang in different metas and I'm, I can hang in solos. So I think it was very important that Nyrox had a good performance. And he did. He, he proved pretty much everybody wrong, I'd say. Or, I, the people who actually thought that. No, I was going to jump on that. One other player, too, is Zexro. Zexro has been like yes. sleeper top mm-hmm. tens all the time. And people give him a lot of crap and not a lot of credit for his consistency through the injuries, post-injury, after. Like, Zexro has been up there, man. He may not have been having the flashiest performances, but I really think it's only a matter of time before he hits a, like a crazy pop-off performance and it's another tournament goes his way, you know? Yeah, that's the thing too. Like, sorry, just the hopping back again because Zexro has been so consistent, so, so good. consistent. So good. He plays first in trios. He plays second in squads. But the issue is that nobody watched those because it's online and on land. We're going to talk about it way, way, way more. Um, so Zexro coming in eighth was really a surprise to me. I, I wasn't expecting it because I didn't see him on the leaderboard throughout the entire tournament. And all of a sudden, he was just slowly rising, slowly rising after game number one, after game number two. He's getting points every single game and then pushed himself back in the top eight. So that that's huge. And I, I think he has to start being in that conversation with people like Benji, man. Uh, that Benji not making the top 10 even. Uh, kind of a disappointing one for him, I would say so for sure. But you mentioned, Monster, that it, it was really close. If you look at the paper, Brezzo coming away with 52 points, then Luder coming in second with 37, then 33 for uh, Symmetrical, Nyrox 33. So it seems like a, a bigger space than there really was if you watch the competition, right? Like, oh, really, yes. if, you, if you were paying attention to what was going on, it was a lot closer uh, than those 15-point difference that we have there between first and second place. If if you walk away from this, though, and you're a PC player, and all of a sudden you see Brezzo have success as a con- con- controller player, like, is there any takeaway from this? Is, is, is there anything we should have on our radar that the fact that it is the first time someone's walked away from a big Fortnite land event that's a controller player? Is there any takeaway yeah. from that? Do, is this a bigger I, deal than it is? Yes. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's... A bigger deal than it is, but I, I think this is just more evidence that mouse and keyboard players, man, we gotta be, we can't, we can't be resting on the fact that you know we have a better input anymore. It's not controller players are here to play, and you you should be scared as a mouse and keyboard player because you need to start working way harder to keep up. Um, I think time and time again we're seeing controller players just be so good at the stuff that they should be bad at, which is end game which is editing, which Let's is go. building, which is all these things. And now they're, they're nuts. They've, they've, they've grinded enough in competitive. They've, they've played it enough now that, man, it's a, it's a controller world. It's about to be a controller world. It's, it's that close to it. Unknown Army won squads. Unknown Army's won every single cash cup pretty much. Wolfies, um, like, dominating in the EU. CRR, another guy at EU who's been on the come up. Like, it's about to be a controller just, world if I we're think- not careful here. I think it's just because the game is just linear right now. We were playing a game that was like super multi-dimensional before with launch pads and shockwaves. Tracking is harder. Maybe 
maybe the fact that tracking isn't as big of a deal. People are literally lining up into your shots and at distance, they're not moving very fast. They're slow moving pixels. Technically um, the controller meta is taken over. It's only going to really mean something when season two comes around. If whether or not controller players have closed the gap so closely that now they have the advantage or whether or not the game is going to shift back to a state that it, you know, familiar state from the previous seasons uh, movement wise and stuff. And if the PC players take it away, um, it, it's really on a scale right now to me, at least. Uh, I, I mean, is that, is that a thing though? That's going to happen. Like, is there going to be even more of this battle between the co- controller players now and the PC players monsters, because we are starting to have not only like here, like we've heard for a long time that the pros saying like, Oh, you know, the con- con- controller players have, you know, Amos is Amos today. And we're all saying, shut up. And then, you know, it's this thing that's going up and down constantly in the community. But now that Brezzo, I feel like won this, it's almost like it's for me as a controller player, not even in the comp scene, but just me as a control player. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Let's go, baby. Like, I want to I want to get a Brezzo shirt. I want to start wearing it. Like, I feel like he's, he's championing for us. But like, for real, it does give me some excitement as a controller player, because for so long, we've heard like, oh, you can't really win. Like, you sure you can compete, but you can't really win. Monster, now that there's a winner, what does that mean? Well, there's been winners in the controller scene lately. So this is, if any, the, the most prime time to throw some gasoline on the fire because Brezzo, Brezzo's leading out this season. Like he took the, the major competitive of this, you know, season one, basically for <laughs> the chapter two. Um, I think we can, I can definitive, definitively take a stance in the next season, dependent on where the state of the game goes All right. and who's running the reins at that point um right now though yeah it's definitely raising eyebrows for me at least um uh, there's gonna be a lot of things raising eyebrows i think as we come up into season two as well uh but one of the things that raised my eyebrows last night was this crowd okay i'm gonna get some hate here i'm gonna take the hate too loud you send all the messages directly to me not bala or not not monster you can send them to me okay Listen, OCE players, you always talk about how you want these events out in the OCE, okay? You always, you, you deserve more events, you want more recognition, but your crowds don't show up. Like, dude, it, I was actually sad, okay? I've been in a lot of production things. I, I've, I've been around a lot of esports. It's sad to me they even showed the camera views of the crowd in the solo tournament because there's nobody in the stands, and it makes, to me, what it hurt the most was if I'm tuning into this and I don't know really know Fortnite and I don't really know comp scene and I tune in and I see that, I literally think this. What game is this? It's dead. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, oh man, I've been in a lot of productions and a lot of shows and a part of stuff. Um, it seems like negligence towards that tail end. Um, when I'm at a show, if let's, hypothetically the crowd's not there, I hear the you know, people out back, the heads like, don't you dare show that shot. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, these are things that they would do personally. Um, but I don't know, man, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd is pretty light for the most part. Then again, I give it the benefit of the doubt. We've seen some pack arenas for in-person and, and we've heard the, the crowd roar. Um, the audience in Australia for competitive the competitive scene is the lightest just because people are vocal on social media does not mean that people want to have this turnaround um the demographic at you know the audience demographic at this one when the kids cheer it literally sounds like you know kids like yay like yeah, yeah, yeah. um i mean it was Why awesome yeah it was awesome like it was cool nonetheless but it just shows you that 
laser beam Lackland, uh, those guys hold the influence, right? Like that's where the big crowd is. It's, it's a young demographic. It's not a mature, older demographic audience tuning in and watching from the OC region, at least in person from what, you know, was, was the show up. I don't think this is like super surprising for me when I see the crowd empty in a big arena. Like this is not, a, a, it's like way too big for this yeah. type of event. And yep. I think they should have known that last year. But the other thing too is like, so this is, this is a, 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 a mismatch between expectations and like what is actually possible uh, by the event. Um, because there's no way, I'm sorry, there's no way that OC is going to be able to fill a, a stadium like that. There's just, there's just no chance. This isn't Counter-Strike. This isn't like, we haven't proven to the world that you need to go to every Fortnite event because yeah. it is the most amazing thing ever. We have not proven that. Sure, World Cup is a great success, but even World Cup, man, that thing was empty. Yeah. I'm sorry, the seats were empty in World Cup. It there was, was definitely it was space dead left. there too, yeah. but thankfully we were able to show some shots that um, you know, looked filled because it was, it was pretty filled in the higher tiers. I mean, for that, that arena was massive as well. The thing that they need to do is number one, don't book massive arenas because they know it's not going to fill, but also like force these guys to get together. There That's was enough was people that they could have put like Everyone one big section and it would have looked popping. It would have looked crazy. Yeah. And also you would have been able to hear it too. And they would have been able to get more involved with each other. But when you have a big arena and they could sit anywhere, you, it's going to look like you know, dots, <laughs> dots in the, in a field that there's nobody there. So that's, that's a big issue for me too. But also we, we talk about the little kids and talk about people like rooting for laser beam and stuff like that. But it's because this, this event was marketed towards those guys. Like what would what we expect when we market a tournament to kids who want to see laser beam in Lachlan, of course they're going to show up. Like that's who we marketed to. Oh. They didn't market to the comp scene. They didn't market to anything like that. The promotion was focused on laser beam. Lachlan are going to be at the Australian open. Dr. Lupo, like people like this, that these kids want to see. It's not about the comp event. It felt like in terms of promotion. Do you, do you think that's really it? Or is it, is it the fact that like, that's the demographic Fortnite's pulling in now? I mean, I know there's this core scene of us, hardcore Fortnite fans, the people that really like comp, but like, are we a little blind to really what's happening in Fortnite? Is is the game going down? I mean, are we are we you know coming up in the situation where a lot of the pros that were playing in the scene are trying to be on teams or moving on to other games? We see the explosion of Apex Legends and how well it's going right now. I mean, literally that scene is growing um, from a game that almost was dead a month after it launched. You know, so like we're seeing these changes. Are we blind a little bit to the fact that the Fortnite comp scene is not as healthy no. as we as we thought it was, or is it healthy? And no. What, what, what's the answer? I, I, I don't think so. I think all you have to do to, to, to you know, kind of counter that is this point at the viewership. Uh, the viewership was fantastic for the, for the, what it was, right? Sure. People were like, oh, it's 20K on the mainstream, 20, 28K on the mainstream. That's nothing. Uh, but when you actually look at all the viewing parties and stuff like that, that were watching this event and had their eyes on the event, like you just have to listen to the stir on, on social media about the winner, about Brezzo. Like everybody's excited about him. There was, a hundred thousand people watching a tournament in the middle of the morning for most of the world, like terrible time slot for most of the world. I agree and we were still watching, like we were still watching. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think what this shows to me is the opposite. I think this shows that Fortnite is strong, but we clearly need to make adjustments on promotion and arenas and how this is going to look because yes, you are right. 
they're the the majority of the Fortnite fan base is these kids, and that that's totally true. I don't I, I don't feel blind to that. I know that. I've seen that at the summer block party. I've seen that at the World Cup. Nobody cares. Nobody even knows who Benji Fishy is for the most part. Like. And, and Benji Fishy has millions of followers on right. all his different social platforms. But still, the average Fortnite player does not know who Benji is. They do sure. know who Lachlan is. They do know who Laserbeam is. So, yeah, I, I think it's just like we just got to flip it a little bit and expect a little bit less. That's basically all I would say about that. Monster, what about for you? I mean, uh, and obviously Fortnite's a very close thing to both of us, but... Are, are we a little blind at times maybe to, to what's happening or is Bala right? Is it, is this a cry to say like, actually we need more events. Like we let it go too long without having events. And this, I, I agree with you, Bala, 25,000 people at, at 1 a.m. Central time in America watching Fortnite is a crazy number. I don't know. Like we have this real, this, this unlike unrealistic expectation that everything big should have a hundred thousand views now. Right. Like in America on Twitch, like if it's really a big thing, it's got a 50 to a hundred thousand, it's gotta be really good. But I'm and, with and it you. did. Like, let's be clear. Like with the cumulative number, it was up there. It was a hundred thousand yeah, yeah. plus, like easily, easily. Yeah, if if there were no viewing parties, everyone would literally be forced to watch through the main uh, stream avenue. But then again, like we said, I think it, I think this comes down to promotion. Uh, Fortnite and and Epic just from the the beginning of all of these tournaments, the the way they gear who they want to put on the platform and show off and talk about it is literally who has the most followers for the largest reach. And it's easy to understand that, but tying it back to how Bala mentioned, those guys are usually not the big competitive stars. They're the big creators, the entertainers and the guys that are there, you know, you know, for the shenanigans. Um, and that's okay. You got to bring them in. But I think we do have to platform more, Boogas platform more Psalms and all those other top fives. Like the battle of the uh, stories of the battle bus series that they were doing was beautiful. You're giving stories behind your competitive players and your help, you know, helping to foster up uh, a fan base around them and let people know who they are. You got to know who the players are for people to want to turn up and turn in. And it's hard to know who the players are with games like battle Royales. It's the struggle right now, right? Figuring out who is everyone and how does this story all tie in? How Especially do you when you have that? an event once every six months. Yeah. And how you turn that into entertainment spectacle. Events are solos too. Like yeah, there's a hundred people events. you have to know. <laughs> right. Right. So when you, when you're, when it's a solo event, you have a hundred different entities, like hypothetically, right? The party's different. The larger, the, the mode, the game mode, the, the less you have to worry about you get like team names right the factions become you know yeah. more and more larger uh, easier to follow right the stories are way easier to follow um and that's a that's a whole different story but there's a lot of there's a lot of layers man there's a lot of variables uh, a big one is consistency we got to have a consistent tournament announcement schedule so we know things to look forward to we'll make a huge series out of it fncs style of crowning season champions yeah. where i think is a great initiative and taking that direction but we got to have shows big shows land shows or something based around those and we'll see a much different um you know community develop around that and and that's just how i feel but i think ball wants to jump on that one the the question did the two of you guys find the time and the place to watch ao through official channels like because for me i i the only reason i knew what time and where to watch it was because of aussie antics a caster and the only reason I knew is because I went into Ebad's chat and I was like, oh, there it is. Someone in chat mentioned it. So, yeah, no, I had no idea where the Twitch link was. Uh, and 
Me as well, Ozzy. Actually, I and, and Fallout. I was following their links, both of them. So food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> De- I mean, no, yeah, it is. There's it's that lack of transparency. We we need we need to know things like kind of just like basic things, right? Um, promotion, promotion, man. We get we got to hit hit some some home runs in promotion. We haven't done that yet. Not for the competitive players. Um, they they do a fantastic job showcasing the people with with the big platforms already. Um, I don't know if that's because they're con- you know contractualized. Like, hey, they, this is the requirements they want. Um, you know, from from the, the party, right? From Epic or whoever's doing the promotion. Um, but these other people, man, they got to get up there. Got to be more vocal, man. We got to paint some new stars and, and get some faces out there. Uh, definitely, the storylines are you know uh, what we've talked about was so interesting about the World Cup versus all those matches leading up to was the fact that World Cup you got to see the whole story right from beginning a game to the end compared to jumping into that fifth or seventh circle um, and and being able to see the games in there you know so I definitely agree with you the storylines are thing and- I would love to see for these international events I want to see the flag next to your name like I, I thought it was awesome yeah. when you know that we were trying to you know paint the picture like. Oh, dude, Japan just took, you know, like game three and oh, snap, you know, NA West just took game two. And like, that was cool. But from the outside looking in, I'm seeing all these names. And then I'm thinking like, dude, where's Brezzo from? Right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. even know Brezzo. Um, I think because players can choose their international flags within the game. I think we should just like air those on these international events. It'd be just so much more sick. It will allow the people to at least root for someone. Right. It, it, it brings something in. We don't. You know, we don't wave the flag around for what orgs and stuff they're on. Usually those things are censored or, or taken out. Um, and, you know, it's, it wouldn't be like TSM Zexero. It would just normally be Zexero. Um, sometimes yeah. that's just the way things look. But I think, honestly, we, we should pay, put the flags up. It's, it's clearly a big part of the story when you have all these international uh, players meshing under one hub. Um, it's impressive to see OCE, uh, OCE player Brezzo performing against uh, you know, against the odds of, of some of the international players that some players think uh, or the world thinks is just better, right, than this region. Yeah. And yes, granted, there were 50 OCE players, so they had the odds in their favor in some way, but the, the same other token, any other player from outside the OCE could have taken a victory too at the at the end, so. No, absolutely. And and I, what I think, you, you know, you talk about like fans and being able to see it and creating these storylines and, and really keeping people up to date. I mean, like one of the things... I watch competitive Fortnite all the time. And one of the things that came out this week or uh, between last episode and now, should I say, uh, was, was this, this note from Epic that they talked about the signaling update in competitive Fortnite in 2020. And to me, this was so like crazy. Cause I saw people do this, but I didn't, because this is, this is the difference, right? I mean, think about this. I talk Fortnite every single week with you, right? Every single week monster, we talk about Fortnite and we watch a lot of Fortnite. But because of my mindset of a more casual player versus the more competitive player, these things never crossed my mind in the fact of, wait a second, Epic's telling people they can't do these certain things in the game because they were signaling to other players. For instance, pick-sack swinging, certain types of emotes, toy tossing, jumping. Bother, why don't you break this down for people that don't really understand? How can a player pickaxing, swinging their pickaxe, running in a circle, how can that be collusion or how can that affect the communication to another player in a game. Yeah. So essentially the argument is that um, you shouldn't be able to do any sort of signaling where you are basically saying to another player and agreeing with another player that this is the course of action we, t- we should take. So it's, it's um, a form of communication that goes in game, right? It's basically like if you, if you took it out of game, 
you were sitting next to somebody and you saw that he was rotating next to him and saying, Hey, don't shoot. Like, let's get to zone. Like that's essentially what pickaxing is. It's a form of communication and, and other things too, like, you know, ball throwing, using the emote wheel to, to throw some like snowballs and stuff like that. Like jumping was in the, the note as well. And, and emoting all these different things are ways that the community has kind of agreed upon that this is, this means this. So Epic is trying to basically stop that because um, it's it's unfair and it also makes the game look bad. And it's also not the way that they want the game to play because they want people to just key at each other every time and, and jump in each other's boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's essentially all that was. Monster, when, when you look at something like this, that they come back in there, some people would say kind of like nitpicking on certain things, right? Like, Hey, they're getting a little too crazy with how they do it. They're not allowing us to have any type of whatever you want to say, right? Communication or whatever, right? They don't want us to you know, really move to the end goal. We all want to get to the end game. That's what we're trying to do. Why can't we talk? Like, what is it about the integrity of the game too to you? I know that's so important when something like this is released. I think, I think this is like a situation of you, you make your bed, now lay in it. Um, they've made the game no mobility. This was a course of response from the state of the game in the past yes we've seen small instances of hey he swung his axe oh okay i don't think this guy wants to fight let's just move right good idea now it's like it's like an epidemic right it's like a big issue because that's all you see when the casual player is learning these signals because they have to use these in order to play smart and and get to the place that they want to be because there's no shockwaves there's no launch pads there's no rifts there's no you know course of rotation that you can get to to like get to another uh place so the state of the game forced this to happen um and this wouldn't have been an issue we'd never have a collusion like post like this where they had to blatantly say these things these would be things that otherwise you just know better than um and it wouldn't really be an issue but it became an issue because of the state of the game um so i don't i don't think epic should be uh i don't want to say enforcing this per se but it shouldn't be like paraded around like it's this huge issue that the players are causing this. So we have to start banning players like stop cheating players. It's not the players. It's the state. This is what is developed from the state. Players are going to always optimize the game and play to the best in the current game. You just you can't take the competitive nature out of the player. That's competitive prowess saying, hey, bro, play smart because we want to get to the end because they want to win. Right. So that, that's just kind of how it's happening there. Um, I don't I don't think you, could, you can't blame the players in this one. Uh, but that's why this this whole entire chapter, honestly, this book of season one is going to close soon. And season two is going to come around. Season two is going to determine a lot, not just like the engine and stuff that's coming. That's going to make the game feel different, look different, and all that stuff. But just what comes into the game. Uh, speak of season two. For all I know that, that haven't read this, let me read it to you. This came out on the 24th of January. This is Hey Fortnite Community, beginning with the release of 11.50 update in early February, Fortnite will be moving to Unreal's engine's chaos physics system. At launch, the goal is to ensure that the Fortnite still feels, the, feels like Fortnite. Along the way, there will be some bumps. I, I, they're already telling us there's going to be problems. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. So we're going to start test with a small group of players. We'll also closely monitor feedback and make improvements over time. With the addition of 11.50 update, Chapter 2, Season 2 is now expected to launch Thursday, February 20th. Chapter 2, Season 2 will feature blank with multiple blank, blank. We can't brief you on all the next season's secrets just yet. All right, so let's back up here. First off, 
timeout. We got delayed another two weeks. Another two weeks for all the fans out there. They're like, hey, I finished my challenges four weeks ago when the season was supposed to end. So now you have casual players leaving the game as well. I think, I think to take steps forward here, we have to take some steps back. And I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm okay with that because they're transparent. They're just letting us know, hey, there's, there's going to be some issues. Like, what is the storm with us? We think this is going to be an improvement. Um, I kind of expected that. Good to hear them or let them set other people's expectations because expectations are a thing, right? People's perception is a thing. Um, I'm happy they're just letting people know, hey, this might be, this is going to be bumpy. But if we get through this, it could be good. And this is going to be, you know, it's going to allow for bigger things to happen. Um, the season being pushed back as long as it has, oh man, I'm not, I'm not stoked about that. Not in the slightest sense. Um, YouTube channels are suffering. Twitch channels are suffering. I mean, we got people running around doing fashion shows. I hate them. Um, you know, I, I personally don't have fun watching this. It, it's just sad. Like if Fortnite was a game where it's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. Yeah, I play Fortnite. Oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Grown adult plays the kids game. Now it's like grown adult plays kids game where people the, the, the scene <laughs> people is do fashion running shows. around prancing around doing fashion shows. You know what I mean? It's that much more like, you know, giddy or whatever. Um, it's hilarious to me. But that's just the game, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bala, some people might think like, oh, well, what's who cares if it's a new chaos physics system? I don't care. Like, but like, what could that, what does that mean? What could it bring? Um, so, I mean, at this point, it's just speculation. I, I'm not a, I'm not a video game designer. I don't know anything about what the hell a physics engine would do. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know, man, I, when I see this, I get scared and I also get excited. I, yeah. I, I get the two sides of it because it's, it's, uh, it, it's just something that, that is, it's, it's, it could affect a lot, right? Yeah. When you think of a physics engine, you think of movement, you think of projectiles, you think of, uh, the way that you, you know, fall, um, the way that some weapons shoot, for example, like a, like a sniper rifle or something like that, because it has projectiles, the way that, you know, different things, um, destroy, for example, that's something that a lot of people have been seeing with like the one trailer about the chaos physics, physics engine. Um, I don't know. I it's, it's without seeing what it is. I, I, I can't really have any feelings. It's just like, I have feelings because it's on both yeah, ends. Yeah, it's yeah. not like I don't care. It's just like, oh God, this could be terrible. And oh my God, this could be amazing. This could be improvements all the way through. Like great, like speed improvements and performance improvements and late game improvements. Um, but I just don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I don't think anybody knows what that means. If they say they know what that means, then they're probably lying True. unless you talk to like an actual Unreal Engine developer. The one thing that is for sure is that Epic is the best at developing their engines. This that is, is true. literally their business. It is their business. So I don't think we need to be too concerned about them, you know, just pushing to the newest and greatest of Unreal Engine's physics I, um, model. My biggest thing is I almost want to know if along the way there will be some bumps means the game is going to be changing a lot more than you think it is. That's my biggest wonder, right? And this uh, is like, so like that wasn't a hint at, Hey, things might be buggy more like yeah, yeah. things are going to be different. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not some, because mm. I, you are correct. Bala. I mean, for people that don't know the reason why Epic has money to even create Fortnite in the first place is the engine that they've created. That's been on so many games used across the industry in so many different ways. Almost every phone that people are playing on. A lot of people are playing games on the unreal engine. So like, this is their, I, I don't feel like their engines have a lot of bugs. I feel like their games might have some differences. And that's why for me, I'm like, hmm, 
I'm I'm interested because they're literally as, telling as you long, hold on, right? Like hold on. I, I'm just saying as long as they don't pull a H1Z1 where they go season 3, the game felt like the characters ran fast and all that stuff and then season 4 of H1 they changed the actual characters movement speed and they try to make it more realistic. I really think so long as they don't mess with the movement like the thing that is like so addicting to some of these Fortnite, it's that speed, man. The whipping of the back and forth, the axes, like that stuff is like like a little adrenaline junkies for the kids. It, it's a certain feel. That's the Fortnite feel. It feels fast. Those edits feel great when you're popping them. Like the speed at which you fight. Um, as long as they don't, you know, draw away from that, it, the game's gonna be fine. Even if it looks different, even if it looks more grungy or realistic or you know, stuff flying everywhere. I just bought a new 2080 Ti, you know, little birthday All gift. Right. It, I'm I'm ready for the physics engine. I'll tell right. you right now, I got a full upgrade. <laughs> um, so bring it, you know what I mean? I'm excited for it. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, it is exciting to me as well uh, to to be, have another chapter, not no pun intended, uh, or another season, should I say, in Fortnite. But, but something new. What I think is so interesting is that we only lived in the space of season one for one season, right? Like we, I mean, yep. if you really look at the changes, it was a lot of changes to go from, from where we were in chapter one, season 10 to, you know, chapter two, season one, and, and, and to see the differences in the game and then to only have it for one season and not go through at least a chapter with it that way is so odd to me. So there must be something very compelling about this new engine for them to take the time to put the game on hold and to get us to where we're going. And that, that's also very encouraging. I'm with you, Ball, on that. It's a little encouraging, uh, but it's also a little scary. I'll tell you what's compelling about them switching the engine to or their chaos physics engine. It's because guess what? A large percent of their sales comes from the Unreal Engine to other game developers. So if they don't have Real? their biggest and best game on their biggest and best engine, what does that tell other people? Nobody's gonna buy it if Fortnite doesn't run on it, you know? Like that's, that's a freaking mic drop. Like I don't even in the show right there. Boom. There you go. Too much truth, Bala. You're wow. fired. Too much truth. That is <laughs> that is so much. That is it's true. That is true. That is probably the most obvious reason right there uh, that I didn't even think about. Um, but one of the things that's obvious is also Fortnite continuing to grow throughout the communities. We talk about the fans and and younger fans moving up and and being the huge part and the huge growth of the community now. Fortnite is extending to high schools and to colleges. Uh, TechCrunch re- released a post, uh, what was it, last week about this. Um, and, you know, a lot, lot of great information in there. I'll put the, the thing in the show notes for anybody, the link in the show notes for anybody that wants to see it. Basically, Fortnite comp- Competitive uh, will be now coming to high schools and colleges around the country. Uh, they had a registration period. It, closed on the tw- uh, it will close on the 24th of February for colleges and universities. It closes on the 17th for high schools. So if you want to go there, go check it out. If you just Google uh, TechCrunch, uh, Fortnite goes to high school, you'll find it there as well. Uh, the season officially kicks off on March 2nd. So if you, if you want to put it together, team, you're in a high school, you're in a college, go check it out. Go check out all the details. The format's going to be duos. Uh, it, what does this say to you guys? As, because Epic's actually extending. They're helping kick this program off. What does this say to you guys? As we've, we've kind of seen all the hate about like, Epic not working with orgs and stuff, but now they're stepping in to make these other, you know, smaller, more amateur, I guess, uh, formats and, 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 and tournaments. What do, what do you think about this, Monster? I think Epic has just been changing the face of gaming for so long that it's just another great initiative and step in the right direction. Uh, they break barriers that have never been broken before because they're trying to create a, a big, strong, and, a, you know, great legacy for gaming. 
and making it mainstream, making it uh, culturally accepted. This is a, this is a great way to get into the you know more homes, right? Yep. And um, just start something new where gaming is a viable option for people to make a career for themselves. And honestly, it's only possible if the games are doing things like Fortnite's doing, yep. dishing it out tons of their revenue um back into like the tournaments and i mean it's only a very very small percentage but um they're a lot more generous with their pricing than any other game has been um especially as how consistent they are so they're starting a trend other games if they're going to want to keep up like hypothetically halo they're going to have to have tournaments where these kids can make money and these these things can be uh you know avenue and, and, and a route for success for them otherwise it's just going to fail and epic is going to be the only one doing it hey bala is this Part of Nate's staple, maybe. Are we are we going to start seeing this year the the handwork of Nate kind of shown throughout the competitive Fortnite community? I, I think so. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, I can't really comment on exactly yeah, 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 what yeah. Nate is doing. It's all hypothetical. No for anybody listening to this podcast, um, we're just talking. <laughs> but yeah, I think so. I think this is a sign that Epic is starting to loosen. Um, the, you know, their, their grip on the competitive Fortnite aspect of the game and let other people kind of, you know, get their own grip on it. I, I think it is a sign of that. And I think it's starting to see like, I mean, we've seen them do small integrations with different tournaments like ESL last year. They did GG Circuit a couple of times last year. Um, but this seems bigger. This seems more. This seems like we're going to see this happen time and time again. Um, and as far as I know, like this is a real integration where play play VS is like actually working with the game um, to run a tournament like that, that, like I said in the beginning, right? Like that's, that's a big problem is how to actually run tournaments and how to use the tools that the game gives yep. you. Cause they're not really there for people. Um, so it's necessary. And I think that's a sign that this is doing It's It's great all around. Like, I love the fact that, you know, competitive esports in general are moving to schools. It's been like that for a while. Um, but the one thing that like to kind of counter what Monster was saying is that um, you kind of need Epic to, to do a large scale like school system thing. You kind of need Epic to be involved because otherwise they're not going to know how to do this and they're not going to be able to run right. this because you need for Battle Royale, you kind of need like multiple you need hundreds of schools to be involved to actually even be able to run one game for example right. uh, versus like halo like it's really easy to run a halo tournament with a couple of schools right it's just like a couple of teams from a bunch of different schools and they're they're all of a sudden you got a tournament but for Fortnite, you need big support you need widespread nationwide support to be able to run anything meaningful um in battle so all royale. around good though yeah it's yep. true battle royale. Battle royale, true true battle royale yes. very very true very very true well guys as always thank you so much for listening Bob, thank you so much for joining us today man we hope you guys all enjoyed the show choose a review on itunes send all your com- your comments directly to me but your complaints to monster at the fortnite podcast at gmail.com <laughs> tell us what you like and dislike about the show follow us on twitter at the fortnite podcast myself too loud tx monster Monster D face. If you're not following by now, I don't I don't know what you're doing. I, I can totally understand if you don't follow me, but if you're not following him, I don't get it. And if you're not following Bala, you better stop and do it right now. Bala, tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week. 
Yeah, it's uh, at BallTW everywhere, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, it's very, very easy to find me, or I hope that it's easy to find me. Let me know if it's not. Uh, but yeah, just there. I'll be streaming throughout the week. I'll be doing various different things, probably doing some bot reviews, playing the game, um, and doing my own podcast, uh, Hotline FN, which I think is Fridays. Yeah, go check uh, it out. Kind of Hotline FN. Schedule. Yep. But yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for inviting me. I've been wanting to do this forever. You guys kill it every time. So thank you so much, guys. Man, thank you so much, Monster. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yo, as always, guys, content thrown up on YouTube is up 24-7. Streaming throughout the week, all that good stuff. I think we're settled for a little bit. Uh, the dust is chilling. I don't think there's any traveling coming up. Uh, but, you know, stay frosty, stay hot with me. And, uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in, boys. Yeah, because I – well, it's really because I can't go to London. They asked me to go to London for CDL and oh, Paris. There, there you go. And here, I can't take off is. the time to go. Like, this is the worst <laughs> part about working a normal job is that they asked me to go to Paris and London, and I'm like, I, I wish I could go, but I can't too big he's too big no 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 I, it's just cdl by the way anyways that's another time another day as always guys and until next time dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales <laughs>